we're going to have football, college football here in the state of Mississippi tomorrow night. I'm pumped, man. I am pumped. Hey, man, at this point, Matt, we're all gluttons and we've waited long enough. So if it means watching, uh, we have, we also get Central Arkansas and UAB tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, normally that's, that's one of those things where eh, there's nothing else on on a Thursday. You'll flip it on. Now we're like, <laughs> we're more excited for that than we should be. Hey, quite honestly, Matt, I literally, literally did a three-play film study on my YouTube channel of Central Arkansas and Austin P and was proud to do it. <laughs> we all need content, brother. I get it. <laughs> we sure do. Okay, so there's been absolutely no shortage of content for you among uh, Tiger Nation uh, in your neck of the woods in Louisiana over uh, recent days with with opt-outs and other things. like So start me off, how, how do you describe the situation LSU football is in right now as we speak? Well, they're thin. I mean, I think everybody knows you can have 85 scholarship players in your roster, and you know, the numbers I saw were that LSU was at 73 before Chase and Shelvin opted out and D.K. McClendon transferred. So that put them right around 70. And, you know, my... I think LSU's frontline starters are good enough to go toe-to-toe with anybody in the country still. Mm -hmm. The really tough part is when you look at that too deep, man, it gets dicey. You're talking about a lot of freshmen and guys that have never played before. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest concern for Fred Ogeron. The thing, Matt, I think most people here look at that would happen in 2019, and they're able to recognize. I'm surprised because you know most fans struggle to contextualize. They go, "You want a championship? Go do it again and be better." Yeah, sure. most people here recognize how completely otherworldly 2019 was. I mean, they, that LSU offense literally scored more points than any offense in the history of college football, <laughs> which is not hyperbole. It's a mouthful. It's a, it's incredible. So, to be better than that, you'd literally have to be better than the best offense ever. So I think people realize it's not going to be that type of year, but you know, can this still be a really talented, functioning offense that puts up a lot of points? Yes. Where they may get into trouble, man, is they start getting bit by the injury bug. If you have more opt-outs, if you have you know, positive tests from COVID, that's when this LSU team could really start to feel it. Sure. I, I think that's you know the way that I've kind of viewed it, Matt, is you know everybody's got unknowns going into the – you know, the opening week, everybody has unknowns. And so now there's more unknowns at LSU right now than we thought we would have. The one thing that's not an unknown is like their, their first 22 are elite. Okay. We're going to know that athletically and everything else. Who has the bigger unknown? Do you think going into that opening game, LSU or state, who's got bigger unknowns? Matt, I don't mean to be dismissive, man. I just don't think it matters. I mean, you know, LSU is, a, is roughly a 20-point favorite in that game, and I think they're going to win it by three touchdowns. I, I'm interested. Look, I don't think there's any doubt that why CBS picked LSU-Mississippi State, because that's a fascinating matchup. Of the opening weekend, it's yeah. the most interesting right. by a mile. Yeah. I mean, right. LSU loses all the talent. Finally, Miles Brennan's turn. What's Bo Pelini's defense going to look like? And you flip it. Mike Leach is in the SEC. You got a grad transfer from Stanford who's played a ton of games. Like, how does that transition? I mean, there's so much intrigue in that game. You know, I'm interested to see Costello in the Leach offense. You know, 
I think they would benefit from having a few tune-ups to go run that thing full speed before they got into the meat of the SEC schedule. But now we could probably say that about a lot of a lot of teams this year. Sure, right. But specifically, like for for that game on the twenty sixth, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it. I just it, LSU right now is just they've they've recruited well enough, long enough to where their roster is still just going to be better, and they shouldn't have trouble winning that game. Yeah, Matt Muscone on your radio right now, taking a look at LSU. In the case of um, of Chase, I didn't mean to make a rhyme, but I did this uh, this week, and, and him uh, opting out. Is it as simple as Matt? Um, you know, it's a total NFL move, or am I right as a former player? I just kind of, I, I just. If you're going to do it, I wish you'd done it before practice started. Don't take two weeks yeah. of reps and then do it, you know? that's And that's the really tough part. For, I'll, I'll answer your question, Matt, but that's, that's the really tough part for the team right now because, look, I mean, LSU's number one now is Terrace Marshall. Guy, guy caught 13 touchdown passes in 12 games a year ago. Yeah, He's a former five-star number one in the country. Like, LSU's third receiver this year a guy like Kayshawn Booty, who was a five-star freshman signee, like he's battling to be the number three. I mean, they're they're good there. I mean, they don't have a Jamar Chase. Don't misunderstand me. You guys would sure. be a top five pick. Yeah, but they're good there. But I'm with you. I would have loved to have seen those reps go, and not just to get the young guys comfortable, but for timing with Miles Brennan. I mean, all of that stuff matters. You asked if this was you know, strictly an NFL move. I mean, all of those variables make sense, right? I mean, you're talking about a guy that he won the blood and the cough, had the, the best single receiving season for a, a receiver in SEC history, yards and touchdowns. He won a national championship. He's going to be a top five pick. He eliminates the risk of injury, COVID delays, all that stuff. That all makes sense. The, the timing is the curious thing. But, Matt, I look around college football, man. Two more kids, you know, two starters at A&M opted out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Get ten kids from Central Florida opt out yesterday. You know, another starter at Ar- you know, a starting receiver at Arkansas opted out yesterday. It's, it's six kids from Vanderbilt have opted out. Like, it's not like it's just happening here. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest problem for LSU though, Matt, is these opt outs. And, you know, every, every school every year has transfers. Guys get into camp. They realize they're not going to play in their league. That on top of losing 20 guys to the NFL. Right. That's compounded the situation for LSU. And made it made it that much more impactful in the short term. No question about it. No question. It it really compounds the situation there, and it's just it's an incredible unknown too. Of you know we're going to play games without fans, and it's going to sound different, and how are players going to react? So it's just so intriguing to me. And then the other thing is too, it's not just about replacing players for LSU; it's about replacing staff members as well. So. What are the early returns right now on Scott Linehan? What are you hearing? So I think, and this is going to be probably, this is going to catch a lot of people off guard when I talk about this. I think one of the most overblown storylines with respect to LSU is Joe Brady's absence. I know, I know he won the Broyles last year and he got a ton of credit for LSU's offensive resurgence. But that was Steve Ensminger's offense. Steve called the plays. Joe Brady brought some some schemes here that were certainly helpful. But Matt, the other part of it too is Joe Brady never worked with quarterbacks. He worked with receivers. 
The guy that worked with quarterbacks was Steve Ensminger and George Munoz, who's now at Baylor with Dave Aranda. I mean, the bigger question is Joe Burrow. Like, you just, you're, this guy had yeah. the, the greatest season for a quarterback ever. He threw 60 t- Like, it's so insane even saying it, Matt. I mean, you played the game in the SD. This guy threw, threw 60 touchdown passes. <laughs> it's, it's stupid. It's, yeah. just, it's not, mm. it doesn't even make sense. So, you know, how does Miles Brennan replace him? That's interesting. The thing, specifically to your question about Scott Linehan, the most interesting thing that, that Scott said all offseason is, you know, one of the concepts he's brought is the way when he was in Detroit and had Calvin Johnson, that's how he fancies LSU using their five-star freshman tight end, Avery Gilbert. This is the kid who just won the Gatorade National Male Athlete of the Year, and he's the highest-rated tight end in the history of 24-7 sports. Mm. And he's a freak show, man. I mean, he's he's an Adonis. That you guys aren't supposed to look like that playing that position. But um, if they can use him sort of as a flex, the thing that Scott said is, if you think about it, if we run three receiver sets, this is from Linehan's perspective, you know, he was saying this on a radio interview, he said, if we run three receiver sets, our, the defense's fourth best cover guy is on Gilbert, and we got a huge mismatch there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the standpoint they're looking at, you know, with, with that transition with Linehan is just maybe bringing some of those concepts. But, Adam, it's Steve Ensminger's offense. He called the offense last year. He's going to call it again this year. He knows the personnel. He's got a great relationship with Miles Brennan. I mean, I, I just, I think with, without sounding like I'm completely discrediting Joe Brady, because I think he was such a, a key part of the, Right time, right place, right ingredients, all mixing together to make that work last year. I don't think that's just as devastating as some people might think it is. Matt Muscone on your radio right now. Um, yesterday, I, I, I didn't hear it when it happened. I think we were actually in the air when Coach O was answering some questions yesterday. And then there was this one that it just starts popping up all over Twitter that's like the headlines were all reading. <laughs> Coach O says that they may have more opt-outs. Well, then I went and listened to the sound clip, and it, he didn't really say that. Um, it seemed to be sort of sensationalized. Like It was a throwaway comment by him at the end where he just kind of opened in. He goes, you know, you may have more. We don't know, but if we get them, we'll deal with that when it comes. And then immediately everybody jumps all over. They're going to have more opt-outs. Um, I guess what I'm leading up to, Matt, is are you hearing anything about any more <laughs> or not? So – yeah, I think I think there's there's a couple of guys who have certain situations not not maybe necessarily a hundred percent COVID related um, that that could lead to that decision. But Matt, it's like man, Jamar Chase three weeks ago, his dad did did multiple interviews where he said Jamar was in, you know, and that go go Google it. I mean, August third or fourth. You know, Jimmy Chase says Jamar opts in. I mean, that became headline news earlier this year or last month. Yeah. And, you know, a month passes and things change and then he opts out. So, it, man, I, you know, I, I don't mean to be evasive with the question, Matt. It's just like we're all learning as this goes. You know, I, I mean, Matt, mm-hmm. I got my door closed in my office right now. If a seven foot pig knocked on the door, and I opened it and saw. It wouldn't surprise me in 2020. I mean, just with everything. We, I mean, everything we everything we've lived through in the last six months. It's just if more guys opt out, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If the if the guys that are there now 
play on on September 26th against Mississippi State, that wouldn't surprise me either. So, you know, the the thing I, I'm just most confident saying is that they're you know they're going to play football on September 26th, and LSU is going to roll out a really good team, and we'll all learn what a 10 game conference schedule looks like and how it it may wear on guys, and if it you know if it plays out differently than than a normal 12 game schedule with your non conference games would. Now I'm say the biggest thing for me is does this year the culture of, of opt-outs does it carry over right. was even though even though covid was really the thing that opened the door once the door's open and the first guy walks through it's easier for the next and the next and the next right. it just becomes accept, an acceptable part of the culture just like i mean when you played Matt, guys leaving early for the nfl Did, it was a rarity man it just never happened now it's yeah now it's it's common i mean mm. is this are we going to expect like are we going to expect this from elite guys next year? You know, right. even provided they play a full season, would 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 jun- rising juniors sit out? You know, I mean, I think that's the bigger impact that this may have on college football. No doubt, it's great to talk uh, to you, uh, Matt, and know that you know we're kind of on the verge. We're in the month of. I just have to say yeah. though, before I turn you loose, tell you about an experience I had the other day. I'm working out in the morning down here, and I, I turn it on. I start rewatching the Alabama LSU game from last year, and. At the you know it gets to the end of the game and the CBS guys are like you know here's the stat now you know Burrow 33 touchdown passes on the year and I'm going wait a minute hold on timeout he had 30 <laughs> he, and I did the math he had 33 touchdown passes at the end of the Alabama game okay and that was like game number whatever I, you know late in the year nine nine yep. he had 30 so I'm going but he finished with 60 and I did the math I go he threw 27 more touchdowns. After the Alabama game, you know, no. he threw, what was it, postseason? He threw 16 touchdown passes in the postseason. It helps when you throw for seven and a half against Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> seven and a half. That's great. And you know what's crazy about like that? The numbers are so crazy. You can walk up to anybody and go, he threw seven and a half touchdowns. Nobody even questions it. It's like, oh, well. No, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, he threw seven in the first half. Oh, in the first he threw half. Seven okay. In, yeah, in a half against Oklahoma. In the, that's right, I mean, in the first yeah. half. And then called yeah. off the dogs. Yeah. You know? it's, it's just. We will never see anything like it. I don't think um, in the SEC. I, I, you know, I say never. That's a big word, but it's just hard to imagine anybody coming along and and replicating what they had on that offense last year. Just incredible. It would, it would have to be the best statistical season in in history. They'd have to score more points than the team that more scored more points than anybody. It's yeah. And you know what, Matt? Though I'm proud of LSU fans because. Usually LSU fans aren't always the most realistic uh, and level-headed. <laughs> yeah, right. But but when you have this conversation with LSU people, they all get it. They're like, "Yeah, we're never going to see that again." Like mm-hmm. everybody knows that it it doesn't have to be that again for LSU to be able to win another championship. And they just wrap up 2019 as the special season it was. You put it on the shelf, and you all you always have it there to admire. Mm-hmm. But you realize that that's that's not. That's not the realistic goal every year. Yeah. Really incredible. Hey, Matt, listen, I uh, really appreciate your time today. I know you got a show to do yourself. Thanks again, and uh, let's talk soon. Always my pleasure, Matt. Thanks, man.